You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys, and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geeks Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome to this special edition of Overtime. We're going to be talking about Wonder Woman 1984. That's right, you're going to come all the way back to the 80s with us. Talk about the brand new DC movie out on theaters or out in theaters and HBO Max if you have it. I mean, we can we could probably talk about that if you if you want, like the the dual release. But um, on this special edition, we have Stephen. Hello, John. Hi, Alex. Hey, hey. And Jessica, unfortunately, it's probably going to be looked at as being like the token female voice for this podcast. Honestly, we just like to have you on to talk about movies, but just know that's what it's going to sound like. No, okay, I'm not token, but I, I do like just talking about movies. But yeah, exactly. I'm going to end up being the token female. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to say that's it's the unfortunate like visual of this whole thing, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I guess let's just start off first with, without, you know, getting too deep into it, what did everybody pull from this? Like, how did you come out at the end? Happy or not happy about watching this movie? Me personally, not so much. Not happy at all. <laughs> okay. Wait, I, so I, Steven, I wasn't up. Oh, God. No, no, I was, was going to say Steven's a, Steven's a no. So Alex. I I guess neutral. Like I wasn't upset. I didn't come in with like high hopes, but I, I mean, there are things I liked for sure. Uh, more things I didn't, but I wouldn't say it was like a bad time. Okay, John. I'm gonna say I I was happy. Okay, I mean, we got a nice little spectrum here. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I I would say I was definitely more just indifferent to the whole movie than anything else. I wasn't really happy or sad, uh, but. I had I had really low hopes going in, so I was yeah. I don't know why mine didn't go anywhere. I also, to full disclosure, I also recorded another podcast about this with the Mitch and Rich show. So I'm going to do a lot more of just asking questions mm-hmm. and, and getting people to talk than uh, giving up my opinion the most, because I don't think people need to hear my opinion again. <laughs> so, with all that being said, where is it that you want to start? Who who wants to go first? Do we want to talk about the rape. <laughs> um is it uh, i mean wow now that you phrased it that way right <laughs> steve trevor comes back into someone else's body and for a week she is having sex taking him wow. around breaking into the white house and only she sees steve trevor everybody else sees the guy who he's possessing yeah and uh yeah, there's no consent there. No, at the end, she says that she likes his outfit, so it's okay. <laughs> uh, I, I think I sh- what she was, what that was trying to imply is that she'd hit it again. Is what it was. <laughs> uh, wow, you just blew my mind. <laughs> I didn't even I know I'm like sitting here like what? That's totally like, what it is. It's so it is. It really is. Oh my gosh! And, and you thought you didn't like it before. Yeah, well, <laughs> but it, it also, I think it makes, uh, even though I love their chemistry between Gal Gadot and uh, Chris Pine, mm-hmm. and I'm a huge Chris Pine stan, I fucking Same. love that guy and everything. Oh, yeah. Every moment that they're on screen together, I, I dig it just because they dig being on screen together, right? But it makes no sense that this movie can create giant perimeter encompassing walls out of nothing. 
Uh-huh. But they can't just bring Steve Trevor back just yeah no. without yeah. making him a person that exists. What? Yeah, I don't like. I don't get it. Like this is such a weird choice. And now you add the whole. Now you add that. I'm yeah. Like, oh. The the thing that I kept wondering it was like, what was it about this dude that that stone thing was like? Oh no, yeah, this guy he doesn't give a shit about his body. We'll just go. Like, oh, <laughs> this guy. Did he get displaced somewhere else? During no, 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 no. It picked him out because of his closet, so we could get that lovely outfit scene of him just trying on all the ridiculous outfits that this guy apparently did own all of these stereotypical 1980s outfits. Everyone had fanny packs. They could have chosen anybody for the fanny pack scene. No, Wait, I, I, I have a theory. Was fanny packs in 1984? I feel like that was a 90s thing. I'm sure they started in the 80s. I think okay. 80s, yeah. Okay. I'm going to have a theory here. Bear with me. Uh-huh. Um, now, three of you know me, so you know what kind of <laughs> tangents I like to go up through. <laughs> so for our, our latest uh, special guest here, um, I apologize in advance. No, you're good. Oh, I love these. <clears throat> my, my theory is that when Gal Gadot asked for him to come back, subconsciously, yes, Wonder Woman, <laughs> Diana Prince, um, Princess of Themis Hero. So, I think this is a, a callback to the first movie. When he gets out of that little, like, glowing pool in Themyscira, mm-hmm. she looks at him and he says, oh, I'm above average. So, I think <laughs> the stone just had to find whoever was the closest to that. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's, God. That's where he reincarnated. Like but that the, was probably like subconsciously, I'm sure that she was like, I wish Steve Trevor was back in some way and still had that above averageness. Oh, that's my theory. <laughs> Why that guy specifically? Because I mean, she, if you look at that morning after scene, she looks pretty happy. So, Alex, after having been been there for that journey, you still on board? <laughs> you love this? Well, so I expected. Okay, this joke actually is funnier than I was expecting it to be. I thought the tangent was going to be longer. I'll be honest. <laughs> um, but I don't have I mean, delivery. But <laughs> I mean, it, who needs fingerprints, right? Like, there's there's only only so many ways you can find perfect matches. I guess. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah I, 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 that was just the thing that I thought the entire time. Like, how does this thing make these other things? Well. I, I don't need to say this for this one. This movie broke more of the own rules that its own rules that it set up than <laughs> anything that Marvel has ever done that everyone complained about. But that still uh-huh. ended up not being the thing that people complained about when they talked <laughs> bad about this movie online. And I'm not just trying to show this movie. I watched this movie in the most appropriate way for me to have watched this. I loved the first half did not like the second half at all. I watched it over two days. The first day I watched it, I was like, wow, it's starting to drag a little bit. And then we turn it off for the night because it's a long movie. The next <laughs> the hour and a half of my life or whatever was just dragging. And then they recreated the scene from Aquaman where they're in the little boat thing with like underwater fireworks happening in an underground uh-huh. flag, like with a plane <laughs> with fireworks. Dumbest thing ever. It was the dumbest. No, I didn't even like the first ten minutes of it. I just oh, I, I loved the first ten so much. Oh, I did not. Okay, the okay the first as a child, I liked that scene. In fact, that might be the only bit of it I liked was that. But the mall scene, the utter cheesiness of that that bad guy going oh like i was like what is this <laughs> I was, what is i was literally like what is this and then when i paused it later on and i watched it with my parents and my dad was like this movie is how long like this already feels like it's been one hour <laughs> i'm like i'm sorry yeah two and a half hours i don't know why they kept watching it with me but... like given given how little actually oh, happened so it was so tediously long and all the long scenes were just pointless i think we've all the long scenes were pointless they could have been cut in half like i didn't get the firework scene at all actually my favorite thing about the firework scene was that i feel like the fact that she said oh it's the fourth Mm -hmm. and steve was like oh the fourth of july wow and i was like 
why would you just throw that in there? Like, it was like somebody on the writing desk was like, we need to have a scene where she's flying the invisible plane through fireworks, which, by the way, the invisible plane can still be hit by something. But anyway, we need to have that scene. And then somebody goes, but why are there fireworks going off? Oh, we'll just say that it's the 4th of July. Like, that's just. Wasn't it it's supposed so to come cheap. out on the 4th of July? cheap writing. Like, oh, was it not uh, supposed June. to come out then? No, it was not. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a few few dates that was supposed to come out. Because it was supposed to come out last November also. And did you also know notice that, like, well, like he, he's surprised that it's the 4th of July. But, like, the scene right before it, he looks at the airplane tickets that were there. And he says, it's today's date or something like that. Did, oh, yeah. any, I didn't anybody else get that at all? Like, he already knew it was the Fourth of July, and then the very yeah. next thing he's like, "Oh, the Fourth of July." They still like I don't know. I, oh, it, yeah. it, seemed, I mean, it seemed very weird. Uh, <laughs> also, like it's very important that other planes in the sky see the plane that is in the sky, like mm-hmm. in flight paths. And does anybody know if a, a jet can has enough fuel to get all the way to Cairo from Washington D.C.? Like not at that time, no. No, and then they, <laughs> they use it again afterwards. <laughs> they they get, no, they get there, are, and they also use no. it later to get somewhere else. I asked that during yeah. the movie. I was like, "How?" I was watching this with my dad, and that was the the only comment he made during the whole movie was like, "There's no way they have enough gas." They didn't even check. Like, how do we know <laughs> they, they have a full tank? I mean, does the Smithsonian keep fully fueled jets on? No. You know, <laughs> it's like you wouldn't just keep a fully fueled jet out on a massive, easily to get into airfield. Like, Again, what? this movie is in a spot where, like, for seemingly no reason whatsoever, uh, other than to maybe sell a toy if they made a toy of it, she makes the invisible jet happen when nobody mm-hmm. needed it, nobody asked for it, nobody wanted <laughs> it, and it furthered nothing. Like, we we're, we don't have time to ask or complain about the fuel that situation that's popped up <laughs> so because weird, of everything though, else. This movie's two and a half hours, right? And yes. I, I feel like in the first movie, uh, her lineage of being from Themyscira and having like all the powers of the gods and there being like a magical element to it is addressed. But also, it's mainly just like her armor, her sword, her shield, and the whip. It's like these these like tools that she has, not necessarily her herself. And then this one, she just starts doing stuff like, oh yeah, I've just been reading and like studying magic, yada yada. Also, invisible jet. <laughs> Also, I'm just gonna lasso to lightning. Who's gonna question it? I'm not. Nobody. Sure. I'm not. <laughs> this movie. This movie was also set up like an episode of Law and Order, where like the beginning something happens and you're like, oh, why they show that red thing? Because later on that red thing is gonna be important. Like we, we, she uses that whole the lasso thing on Steve's wrist to tell him a story that I functionally got from the two sentences that she said. I right. didn't see anything. And so I'm like, well, I guess that's going to come back around later. <laughs> the, the best comparison I've heard is that this is basically Superman 2 uh, with a lot of the same plot, uh, plot devices or elements to it, um, including like the campiness and the cheesiness. This movie definitely is approaching, doesn't quite reach, but it's definitely getting to like Batman Forever levels of like, <laughs> what the fuckery. Um. But I don't know. I think it's a movie. Okay. I'll, I'll admit it's not a good movie. <laughs> I am the first. I'm the first person to will to tell you that a lot of the movies that I like are not good movies. Mm-hmm. They're not movies for everyone. Mm-hmm. But there's something about just the different elements of this of this particular movie that I like. Overall, structurally, it's a mess. Uh, tonally, it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, it can't really decide if what it's trying to do with its characters. Um, and I understand why some of the complaints against it were like, oh, this movie's anti-gun because, you know, Wonder Woman says, I hate guns at the beginning. All of the male characters are either buffoons or predators who like, except for Street Trevor, who's perfect. You know, yeah, like this movie has like agendas. Yeah, there's agendas all over the place, blah, blah, blah. It's like, whatever. I liked every scene that Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor were in. I, I loved all of the him being the fish out of water now. Um, I thought there was just a lot of really cool stuff between them. I like seeing their character interactions. Even Kristen Wiig, who was mm-hmm. probably my biggest concern going in, I liked her transition from that, you know, kind yeah. of envious, you know, geeky person to this person that gets corrupted by power. I'd like that a lot better. I didn't ultimately like 
the final design of how she looked. I thought it would have been better if she was just more like when we see her at the White House. Mm-hmm. Like if she just kind of stayed that way and maybe just wore like a le- leopard print or whatever, like that would have been fine for me. Like they didn't have to go all the way cheetah with her. But when they did, that's when it definitely started getting kind of shoe mockery uh, for me. But mm-hmm. it's it's a movie that on the whole is not great. But because of the sum of the parts that I think were good, it's what pushes it into like kind of a campy could potentially well i don't know that maybe being calling it someday a cold classic is too generous um but i think that there's some value there i think i I wouldn't be able to outright this is miss this movie as it was awful i'm never going to watch it again it's going to be one of those movies i'll probably just fast forward through certain parts and then just get to the stuff i like in the future i Hmm. i did find an extreme amount of joy that might have made the entire movie worth it in the scene where um it's the scene where she slips off of the lasso while she's holding the two kids. Yeah. <laughs> Did anyone else notice anything in that scene? You mean the Those dummies? Yeah, they were just yeah. styrofoam kids. Yeah. And they didn't do anything to change that. So, no, they like, didn't. That was the problem. Nah. From that point yeah. forward, I was like, this movie knows exactly what it's doing, and I'm okay with it. And I, st- <laughs> I stopped applying film <laughs> criticism and then just like started like watching it to watch it. And I still came out unhappy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I but feel like I have the same assessment of the movie as you do, John. But like, I don't, I don't know that I, I, I ended up as high as you did. Because I do think there are scenes that are fun. Like there's undeniable, like it's not like a complete miss. Um, like the, the moment, even though it's weird that Steve Trevor is in this guy's body, where he sees the modern planes and the way that he yeah. sells it on his face. Like, I, yeah. I feel like that scene that is good. actually really great and is, like, emotional for Steve. Like, he, he's from 19, 18, whatever, and he died, and now it's 19. Like, 80 years later, he gets to see the modern marvels of the world, right? And he's, like, blown away, even by the trash can. And that's funny. But, but <laughs> overall, I, I yeah. That, the, the escalator scene forward. was so cute. Yeah. I, I love that. It was it was, it was really yeah. neat. Like I, I almost imagine him being like one of those service dogs that people have to take and then they have to carry even though they're like these big like golden retrievers. <laughs> like I kind of wanted her to like pick them up and hold them like while they were going up on it. Like that would have pushed it definitely into like a whole nother territory. But given where we were already with the movie, it would have probably been fitting and I would have like bought it all in. <laughs> yeah, th- those parts I have absolutely no issue with whatsoever. Again, there's a reason they brought him back to keep their chemistry going. Yeah, the, yeah, the, but you brought him back just to die again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, is I'll, it I'll, fair I'll, to say he died though? I think he just goes away, right? I mean, and, it, but, as, yeah. as an audience member, it's still the same exact effect. It doesn't matter if he died or if he just if he took a bus. It's he, he's gone. Yeah, that's true. Also, can I get the scene of that guy just popping back into the apocalypse? Yeah, right? <laughs> That's what I wanted. I wanted that guy to go, what the? He, he's remarkably <laughs> well-adjusted after the fact. Like, he has no idea how he got there, and he's just like... This beautiful. Fun, my friends make fun of me because my pants are weird. And he's also on a list because he broke into the White House and tried to fight, you know, assassinate the president. So... There's that. But like... uh, Oh, crap. Uh, Damn it. I I, I got one if you don't... don't. Go go ahead, Steven. Did anyone feel like Pedro uh, Pascual in this one was basically playing like a Spy Kids villain? Yes. (laughs) Yes, I did. He was a little little over the top. Just a little. Like I, I, I kind of felt like it worked, though. Like, I felt like both villains, if anything work because it's in the 80s and therefore i'm okay with them setting it in the 80s because of these villains and i feel like pedro pascal being the like phony materialistic oil baron guy is like the 80s like like uh, a bar from him like randomly doing a line of cocaine like he couldn't be more 80s (laughs) (laughs) oh that happened that definitely happened (laughs) the well like i just didn't understand Giving him the flawed villain or the the hope I don't know not flawed villain what's the the opposite of flawed hero the sympathetic villain like aspect of it like it it was too much there was just too much going on with all these characters and like 
the surface version of Cheetah of or of, of Kristen Wiig's character just being like, I just want to be cool. Like I don't I don't understand like her motivation in the whole thing. And then I thought that was kind of straightforward. You know, you're a geek your whole life. People don't pay attention to you. You don't have any self-esteem. I mean, uh, yeah. here's this strong, independent woman that's like beautiful and smart and skilled. And yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I yeah. like it'd be like me looking at the fonts and be like, I wish I was like him, you know, and not realizing I'm going to get all these crazy shark jumping powers to go along with it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that her motive actually does make sense. It's the basic moment of just wanting to be popular and not wanting to get crapped on because wow, did she get the worst of the eighties? Like I think after watching this, I looked at my mom and I was literally like, were guys really that bad in the eighties? I was like, God, I would not have survived. Like I said, you so many times, watching this all the aggressive sexual men i was like ew like diana would walk into a party and 20 guys would be following her like oh like, yeah the guy is like i've had my eye on you for some time ew. yeah <laughs> like but like hey. the lines are bad but even like just in general like all the guys you could tell they weren't saying lines but you could tell they were thinking the same thing i was like what did they get the swarmiest of guy like you know what not have been all of 80s <laughs> but when Diana needs something, she does take that one guy up on his offer to go to the White House. So it's kind of like, yeah, all you guys are skeevy, whatever. Oh, wait, but you got something I need. Let's uh, backtrack to that a little bit and give you that false hope. Well, like, well the, the one time out of like the 14,000 times this happened to her, she's like, you know what? Yes, I will use this to save the world. I know. But also, but Diana's just not that good of a friend either. Oh, no, no, she's like, a piece of shit in this movie. She saves, Kristen, her, she saves her from that, that time with the bad guy, the, the drunk guy, and then she's like, go home. Doesn't escort her or anything. Uh, it's just like, no. go home. She air her out of that scene. <laughs> <laughs> keep walking in the dark by yourself. It's okay. <laughs> but like, also, it, she just calls her up whenever she needs something. She's like, hey, I need you to figure this out. I need you to find this. I need mm -hmm. you to figure out where this guy is. And then when, she, when Barbara's like, hey, I need to talk to you about something. She's like, ah, I ain't got no time for you. <laughs> yeah, no. And sorry, she was patronizing her. She was yeah. like, no, you're like this. Stop patronizing me. Like, yeah, you are. You're patronizing her. Like, she has legit reasons. She's bullied. You're not bullied. You wouldn't understand. Like, there's not the right things to say to her. <laughs> Just... Yeah, I feel like Wonder Woman is easily the worst part of this movie. And it's a Wonder Woman movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would agree. I it's I so remember, weird. Yeah. I, I said something along the lines to my mom. I was like, it's like she lived for like 60 years after what was it, World War One or whatever, till it's 1984. And she didn't grow at all. Like she's the same character from the first movie, just as naive. Still hung well, I mean, up on Trevor. She's yeah, she's pining after a dude after 70 years. I don't, I'm like, hey, girl, he, I was literally, he was yeah, above average, you. Mitch. I don't. I don't care. No. You don't just forget that. Oh gosh. More like Redwood. Look, I get it. He's the first. He's the first guy that she met ever, and he just happened to be Steve Trevor. And like, I guess she falls in love with him because it's the first guy she's ever met. But after seventy years, and then you know, he's. She, I mean, it, they literally only spent a week together the first time around. And then oh, they yeah. spent another week together, and then three months later at Christmas time, she's like, "I'm a much more, more well-adjusted person now." Like, what? What's going what? on here? No. <laughs> I what? learned something. She needed that, that closure. I, I guess. <laughs> One of the things that I, I feel a little bit worried about for, I guess. I'm the one millionth person to utter this phrase on a podcast, but the thing I'm worried about with DC movies going forward uh, is like, they don't seem to be able to pare anything down. Cause it's not like everything in this movie was gold. Plenty of things could have been cut. They, there were decisions mm -hmm. that they made in even just the editing process that would have made this a better movie. And they didn't. And then the new Justice League movie that's going to come out is 
like four four hours long or whatever. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. There, there's a whole part in this movie where when Diana's gonna have her big old like showdown fight with Cheetah, they bring in the Wonder Woman music, the whole like they do, they do that, and it it happens for like two measures, and then that music's gone. I yeah. th- thank you for bringing this up, Stephen, because this is my biggest gripe with the movie personally. Because I love the electric cello fucking theme. Absolutely. I I uh-huh. champion this thing. The first time I heard it, I was like, this is the best theme song ever made. Absolutely. I love this so much. And they changed it for the main action sequence. They use like a more orchestral, but you, you still know it's there. You're like, okay, yeah, I recognize it. But it's not the electric cello. <laughs> and then they do it, like you said, for two measures during the start of that fight. And I'm just like... What, what 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 are you doing? Bring it back. Keep playing it. <laughs> like uh, they, so they, could just, they could have done it or not done it there. And I think yeah. that's the whole movie in editing. I think that's fair. By the way, Stephen, uh, quick psych note. Mm-hmm. Uh, in reference to Diana wearing that uh, Wonder Woman golden armor, whatever the specific name it had it was. Asteria. Um, Asteria, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to visit that mid-credit we scene will. in a moment. Don't worry. But. I have terrible Photoshop skills, but I was wondering if at some point when you have some downtime, you can take a still from that armor that she's wearing and then put, put the you, knights I can put you in up. there. Don't you worry. I can put you inside <laughs> that suit of armor, John. No, I'm just kidding. Please. And and put the Knights of the Zodiac logo under it. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 scene did prove that that movie would be 100% able it's, to be made. Yeah, it's uh, and it's probably like what they do with Iron Man, where she's wearing like a mocap suit, and it's probably like the CGI armor or so whatever. The crazy part is that it's not even that. She no. was wearing that suit later, and it's all foam. She leans up against yep. the wall, <laughs> part, and you see oh, this yeah. like, unbreakable metal thing just <laughs> and it just <laughs> against yeah. the wall. I, so well, I noticed talk. that too during the uh, the big freeway chase that they do in Egypt. Also, like her yeah. armor's also doing like these crazy bends. It's it's yeah. a hot decision. Like, yeah, let's talk about that armor for a second. So, at this point in the movie, she throws she's she has the armor on, but she has her powers back. So, mm-hmm. thus, she's invulnerable as she was at the beginning of the movie. And this armor is supposed to have protected Asteria against the the three hundred, as it looked in the movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it wasn't damaged then, but Cheetah goes after it and destroys it. But then again, a, why does she need armor on? Yeah, not without a lot of trouble. But why does she need armor at all? Like, is it the extra shielding? Like, would she eventually, would she have gotten through her uh, her own invulnerability? Wonder Woman's own? I don't understand the point. I, I understand getting into the movie because it's iconic Wonder Woman armor from uh, uh, Mark Wade and Alex Ross's Kingdom Come. But like, other than that, it doesn't really have any point other than to maybe introduce Asteria, which once again, I don't understand that in credit scene. <laughs> could, it, uh, could it be that uh, because she wished to be like Diana, there had been like peers in that sense so that she could actually do damage with her claws? It, it could, but we never get that scene. We don't that's, know. That's fair. Also, she gets two wishes. Can we address that? Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't get two wishes. I she, I understood is, this is one. That, is that she gives up her wish and then she gets a new one? No. So what <laughs> happens is Maxwell Lord on the plane says, "What is it you want to wish for this time?" Right? And he doesn't. He he does say, "I'll grant you the wish," but he doesn't has doesn't have the the ability to give her that wish. What he is doing is when he's in that particle beam, uh, and he's taking everybody else's wish. He's like, "I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give take your prowess and your ang- anger and your rage and give it to her." So basically everything he's taking from other people when they make their wish, he's putting it into her Uh, instead of giving to himself. So when everybody else renounces their wish later, that's why she goes back from being like animal form to being human form. She never renounces her wish. So she still will have Wonder Woman's powers. That's why she's going to make it into the third movie. Interesting. Okay. Which, by the way, they did announce like within a couple of days of it premiering that the sequel, the part three, is being like fast tracked. Yeah, and she is, and Barbara Minerva is supposed to return. Huh. Interesting. I did not know that. I just I mean, wonder if they're going to jump another seventy yeah. years and it's going to be twenty fifty four. 
that's ridiculous. Oh, that's oh, ridiculous? Yeah. <laughs> You've gone too far, Mitch. That's just uh, out of the realm of possibility now. Okay. But yes, I think I understood why the whole cheetah getting a second wish thing. Like that to me that made made sense. I didn't that, yeah, have that any issue with that. Now. I missed that. I mean, I saw something was going on there with her, but I didn't understand what it was. I must have missed what he was saying. Yeah. So. Which is fine because there was so much oh, random crap going on at that scene <laughs> yeah you know, i also wanted to point out that at the very least this was a, a separation from the norm for these kinds of movies where the final confrontation between her and the big bad didn't end in just a punch-out match mm-hmm. like she actually used mm-hmm. her compassion to speak to the world or whatever which was her whole purpose all along like she believes in love or whatever and um I thought that was like better than if like she had just walked up to him and like punched him out or wrapped him up in this lasso of truth and forced him to like whatever do something or take it back or realize the error of his ways. Like no, she just talks to everyone, and everybody's like, oh yeah, that's like I said, we're better off not having these wishes. Which by the way, what would have happened with all of the people that wished for really really messed up things like somebody getting killed or? you know, sleeping with someone, like, would that be undone after we the saw, wishes are recanted? Yeah, it does get undone. Resuscitated. Yeah. That's weird. I, there, I mean, like I said, there's there's some parts of this that don't drive even with me, with my whole positive outcome, but um, yeah, this is weird. Okay. I, so this isn't a big one, but Mitch, you seem to have had an understanding of a thing that I couldn't necessarily piece together. Where did the cows come from for that one guy? What was the wish that made the farm? He wished happen? to have he wished to have a farm, but he was like didn't think it would be here. That's what he said. So Max was going around getting wishes from people and like coercing them. Like he was prompting them like like an interview on 60 minutes, like where the the people repeat back the question that they ask. He's yeah. like, don't you wish I had this? And the person goes, yes, I wish that very much. So did Max walk up to that guy like, don't you wish you had a farm? And the guy was like, yes, I would love a farm. I think that was after the point where he was already on screen. No. Like when he, no, he wasn't? Was Are you sure? That was, that was yeah. when like, there was like the cacophony of people first happening. Well, he all there was. There's two parts to him being the the, the dreamstone, as I understand it. Like just the, the exact same thing that he did with the president. He said, he said, "Hey, what is it you wish? I wish I had more nukes so that everybody was afraid of us." Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Cool. Well, because you you're getting that, I'm going to take away this." So the guy who wished for a farm might have had something that he that Max himself needed. So it didn't matter what it was that he wished for. He just wished for a farm. He's like, but I needed your, yeah, I need your car. So kind of thing. Okay. I, have, I need your clothes, I have, your boots, your motorcycle. Yeah. I have one point that did confuse me. And that mm-hmm. even I'm like, okay, this needs further explanation. So when they figure out that this stone is written in the language of the gods or whatever, and Minerva does all this investigation, and she's like, I'm reaching all these dead ends. There's this one last, like, clue I can follow. It's mm-hmm. supposedly, like, guy that lives in an alley or whatever. Mm-hmm. This dude, who I couldn't quite place, but he looks like, you know, one of the Daily Show correspondents wearing, like, dreadlock wig or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, yes. Um, he's supposed to be, like, Mayan or something. And he has, like, this ancient Mayan textbook, which, mm-hmm. uh, from my understanding, most of those were destroyed. So the fact that he has, like, a priceless relic is, like, already kind of impressive. And then they find out that the god that made that wishing stone was a Mayan god? They, they had been known by many names across many cultures, I believe they say. So yeah. why didn't they trace it back to a specific Greek one? Because, like, the whole thing with Diana is that the Greek gods are real. And yeah. I've never heard of anything in the DC universe that other deities are also real, unless they're trying to say, well, this Maya god was actually uh, a Greek god by another name. I mean, they they don't really they they hint at that, but but we don't know who this is actually supposed to be. And like, I, you know, Dolos is the Greek god of lies and trickery, and I can't remember if she actually said that or not. She said a lot of. I don't think they did. Yeah, she said a lot of she names, did. but. 
Dolos would be the Greek god version of it, and he's an old god because he's the son of Gaia. So he's like uh-huh. Zeus's brother. No, Zeus's uncle. Yeah, he's yeah. a Titan god. So I would say sense. that more than likely, it, it, they didn't want to pick a, a certain uh, Mayan god uh, for whatever reason, but they ju- I, they do have multiple gods in the DC universe. Like, mm-hmm. uh, there's the Aztec guard that that gives um, Zario his powers, or not Zario. Uh, what is that one dude? Aztec. I, I think that's what his name or something like that. So they do have the other gods there. Yeah, I don't know. D- does anyone else have any questions for Mitch in this moment about things that happened in the movie you were confused about? I was confused about how when she's doing the lasso on, on that, that highway strip and she lets, lets go or slips out of her hands with the kids in her, in, her, in her grasp, but then when she's rolling around, the lasso's back on her waist. Oh. It's like right. Meander. It can retract. I <laughs> guess so. <laughs> it needed to be there, so it was there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the biggest issue with this with this thing. The whole dreamstone and the the making the wishes, right? Like anything can be possible, but then also anything is not possible. Like like the, what we brought up with the whole uh, Steve Trevor. Why not just make him reappear? Why does he have to be in someone else's body? Mm-hmm. Why is it that yeah. uh, is is the is Barbara Minerva getting powers connected to? Uh, Wonder Woman losing her powers, or is that only the Steve Trevor thing? I thought Steve that Trevor. early on, but that's just the Steve Trevor thing as far as I understand. Yeah. I really thought yeah. was, they were connected for a minute. That was the price that she had to pay was uh, losing her physical prowess. Um, uh, to that point, though, uh, that reminded me of something just now that you said that. Ah, fuck, I'm losing it. Okay, keep talking. It'll come back. That happens. Uh. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I have a question about those. I have a Go question ahead, about Alex. the start. Uh, so the beginning, the opening sequence back on Themyscira when she's little, mm-hmm. and the whole thing of like, well, if you cheat and it's not honest, it doesn't like you're not an actual hero, so she can't like win. So they block her, and she's like, "No, I, I made it." And they're like, uh-huh. "No, you can't cheat, right?" I get the theme that they're trying to push forward with that. Mm-hmm. I, I get. I just don't think they got there with everybody else by the end of the movie. You know what I mean? Like the theme of like, you can't cheat. Otherwise you're not actually a hero, which makes more sense for Maxwell, but for cheetah, I, I, I mean, generally, I guess make, it makes sense, but I don't really feel like it applies to her at all. It's no. her compassion. She loses her compassion so that she's the villain. She has to lose. Yeah. I know I, I'm, I'm with you, Alex. I don't think <laughs> they, they didn't need the entire first chunk of that movie because it didn't, pay off it didn't come to fruition with the rest of the movie the entire rest of the movie or that first half that first portion where she's younger could have existed entirely separately and we would have lost or gained nothing by them being (laughs) separate which i think is my real uh assessment of the movie is like there are these things that work in isolation that i think are fun and i i genuinely think they did well the opening scene is great by itself Mm -hmm. It doesn't really tie back into the rest of the movie for me. So it's just kind of like, cool, great title yeah. sequence. Yeah. <laughs> the invisible jet in isolation. It looks pretty. Them sitting there with the lights going off, reflecting, just flying through. If you completely forget that fireworks are explosives, like it's a yeah. great scene. It looks really good. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like the, the ending too, like the Martha thing. Why is it always Martha in DC? Like, why does it have to be a family member that we touch on and then people are suddenly good people again? I don't, I don't understand why they just keep going back to that well, even after everybody shits on it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I was surprised that they even did a thing where the bad guy is the same as the good guy when people mm-hmm. also consistently shit on that for the Marvel movies. Yeah, it's true. I think it's we got to stop doing those bad guys. Yeah. We gotta stop. I think the one thing I said was like, "Well, thank God he has a son." Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> thank God that little kid was in this movie for five minutes total. Oh, God, what would we do without him? <laughs> Did anyone think like so? There were like ten different parts where they they could have redirected the plot, kind of. I really thought that the kid 
had like possibly removed the power from Maxwell for a moment too. Yeah. Because what did he say? I feel like I missed. I I wish like I wish for your greatness. Oh yeah. You could really use those words, but he would have to say, I grant your wish. I suppose to, did the stone before get to choose? It did though. Because yeah. the wind picked up when his kid said that. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> and was that's my how you could tell if I were the wind picked up. It's true. You're right. That, was, that reminded me of the point I was trying to bring up. Oh. Wonder Woman can fly now? Yep. That's <laughs> my dad said. But she could fly. Like that's a thing that Wonder Woman can do in the comic books. But yeah. this okay, is the first time not... she does it in the cinematic version. Like Yeah, she's... not in any of the cinematic versions, right? I think no, like... I think in Justice League she flies. No, she jumps really fast. Yeah, yeah she jumps. She, she she jumps like the Hulk, where she can just take huge leaps. But like here, she's soaring, and she even does it like Superman, like one hand out, yeah. the other like by the side. I'm yeah. like, mm-hmm. what? Like, like I guess she consistent. forgets by the time we get to Justice League. Yeah, yeah, probably that was. Well, yeah, and, and her my... suit got all tarnished and everything. Yeah, my dad's complaint was that a Wonder Woman can't fly, and B, you're supposed to see Wonder Woman when she's in her invisible jet. That was his thing. <laughs> was like you can fly. see her totally floating fly. there. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's, she can. But either way, like, he was like, "No, this is not my Wonder Woman." I'm like, "Okay, dude, whatever." <laughs> like, <laughs> like there are other reasons to complain like, about this. Movie. Was his, <laughs> was his, uh, his Wonder Woman in the post credit scene? Yeah, that was his Wonder Woman in the yeah, <laughs> So yeah, let's talk about that. Linda Carter shows yeah. up. Now, did anybody <sighs> in the scene when she's talking about the story of Asteria, did anybody pick up that it was going to be Linda Carter? Are we saw with the eyes? No. So some no. people said they picked it up from just the eyes, but I didn't know I didn't. It was her, but I recognized the eyes. You did recognize the eyes, but just I was like, that's it was somebody. I'm like, that's yeah. somebody I should know, but I don't yeah. know who it is. The, definitely the way they filmed it and edited it, it was like, oh, this is going to be something. This is going to be, end up being somebody important for the rest of the movie or going into the next movie. Because by the time you get to the end of the movie, they haven't resolved that one thread. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, so this is going to set up something for part three. It does not set up anything for part three. It is literally just a cameo for Linda Carter at the end of the end credits just to be like, hey, you remember in the 70s, they had a Wonder Woman TV show. I'm not that mad about great. it. Car is cool. Unless she is, unless it is going to be finding Asteria and she still is Asteria in part three. So, what, I mean, does she go and be like, hey, uh, I found your armor and I totally destroyed it. So, <laughs> sorry. Right. Like, is that, I don't sure. know. What would she have to do in the third movie? Who I mean, knows? Exactly. She, she could be mad. Because <laughs> no. why did Diana have that armor in the first place? She just had it in her apartment. Well, no, she, she said, said she was that, looking for it. She her. said she found yeah. it. Yeah. Well, she she said she was looking for it, but she was mostly looking for Astoria, Asteria, but that's all she ever found of her. So, like, she yeah. didn't know whatever if anything happened to her, whatever. Like, they just kind of left that plot thread kind of just dangling. The point was just, just to introduce the armor, but then they paid it off by showing that Astoria is still alive and well somewhere, um, and not even hiding the fact that she's got like super strength or whatever, just like walking around holding up telephone poles and shit. Um, it, it could have just been a fun throwaway thing. Um, it could be something that might show up in the third movie for some reason for an even bigger payoff. I was just glad to see Linda Carter. She's still a fox, even in her like late sixties. I enjoyed the little cameo, and it was that's it was just nice. That's fair. I like. I I, I, took, I <laughs> took it as just being like a throwaway thing. Yeah, probably. I think it's a throwaway. Too. I, I if she shows up in the third movie, I will eat my hat. But like, uh-huh. I just don't think that it's going to play a bigger part in anything. She'll, she'll show up just like the proton cannon did in uh, Infinity War. That's right. Uh, <laughs> did uh in the comics does Diana bring stuff back to Themyscira when she finds it if it's like relevant? Like, why wouldn't she bring that armor back if it's relevant to mm-hmm. her culture? I think I don't know if anybody remembers, but. I think she was banned from Themyscira after oh, the first movie. Yeah, her she mom was. basically oh, just says she can never yeah. come back. Yeah. So just fly over and drop it in a ship. Yeah. I also feel like if you show up with that armor, they're going to be like, all right, just one time, you can come have dinner. And then you got to leave. 
I mean, obviously, there's no real reason why she can't come back because Steppenwolf had no problem showing up. So there's not like an invisible force field. I think it's more just a symbolic, like, okay, once you leave, like, you're, the rules are like nobody can return. Yeah. So, and I think she's keeping that respect. If it was something dire, I'm sure she could go back and be like, hey, I really need that giant cannon that we keep in the basement. Like, kind yeah. Of thing. <laughs> And I mean, we know that they can signal her by shooting a flaming arrow into the Parthenon, and she was like, "Oh, that's uh, my people telling me something, like lighting the torch of Gondor over here." Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, did any? I had one thing I had the real issue with since we were, we were kind of talking about the invisible jet that she just like, "Oh, I've been trying this thing," and like, and then now it's like, "Okay, now we have the invisible jet." Like, it's it's yep. it's a little yeah. too convenient, right? Well, yeah. yeah. The way that she did it, outside questions about, because she basically rubbed her hands together, like Lil Wayne did in music videos in 2003, and then the <laughs> invisible. She Mr. Miyagi did. She did. She Mr. Miyagi yeah. did. That's what I thought too. I didn't have the Lil Wayne connection. <laughs> <laughs> I did not have a Lil Wayne connection. Either. I think Steve listens to a lot more hip hop. <laughs> no, I just I'm I'm confused about how she did it because she just says like I've been trying this stuff and then happens perfectly yeah well because the need was really there but you know what's interesting about this is that she doesn't lose her powers right away it's very gradual and very selective Mm -hmm. because at this point she's still strong she can do that yeah that's obviously (laughs) bad bad writing who who wrote this movie three people people. jeff johns patty jenkins and uh, another dude that came in and did the the final touch-ups Oh, he's the one that punched it up. Yeah, Patty Jenkins hasn't had a writing credit since Monster, I guess. And uh, this is not a good one to come back for. No. I would say. No, you know, I, that 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 love I had for Rogue Squadron is kind of sort of <laughs> dipping a little. I'm like, oh, okay, I don't know anymore. Well, <laughs> you're you're saying that you don't. Plane scene happened. You don't want to see why Luke like suddenly has a new force power where he can turn his X-wing invisible. He's like, "Master Yoda only taught me this once, but I'm going to see if I can do this now." Little Wayne, I lost my little I lost my cup of blue milk that I made invisible that first time. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I, 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 I want to say the positive things. I've said enough negative things. I, don't I was going to say, we, we've gone on 45 minutes about of kind of bashing this movie. <laughs> so there were at least two people at the beginning of this recording that still had a good time. W- w- not to put it all on you guys, but what is it that you enjoyed about this movie? I mean, I mean no, you, you said a little bit, but like, what else specifically can you point to? Uh, I think the um, the reveal that Maxwell Lord doesn't have any money was really well done. Um, like he walks into this giant facade, right? And his he's acting like he's busy. He's his uh, assistant's like, "Hey, you need to answer the phone." Like you think maybe there's like a lot of stuff going on, and then he gets off on his floor. The lights are out. All the desks are just a mess. There's nobody there. There's I'm sure there's like a light hanging from the ceiling, and you're like, "Oh, this is a lie." Like this guy. <laughs> not well off at all and then for him to get chewed out in front of his kid even though it is very cliched in a way uh i i feel like after that i'm like yeah i get why this guy is gonna end up being a monster and he's gonna have all these ego problems like i 100 percent get it like this is him so i think that for me i was in on maxwell lord until the lasso projector to the world thing i didn't like that resolution that much uh just because like i said it felt like martha 2.0 i I really am not a fan of those endings but until then i feel like him as a villain really works i i was on board with that character so enough that i i would say i like the movie when he's involved Mm -hmm. I, i agree i like that he wasn't necessarily like bad guy like there was that whole part with where um uh diana is like chasing him in like the Humvees or whatever they were. And he's just like, Oh, look at that kind of thing. And he, he was just <laughs> enjoying seeing what he was seeing in that moment. No malice, nothing like that. Like that was, that by itself was a, f- a refreshing thing. Like it wasn't like some like Loki situation where they're like, Oh, that was crazy. But also I'm going to stab you. Like, no, <laughs> it, it was nothing like that. He was just enjoying the moment because 
to him, he's still doing something benevolent. Even if we're not just, if we're not quite at that step yet, he's going to fix anything that gets broken along the way. You know, there was also a very sympathetic scene for me where he gets, you, you get a little bit of a flashback to his history mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and you see how he was like, you know, he couldn't go to the expensive academy or whatever that was. And he was like a young, ambitious guy that just legitimately wanted to be a businessman and it just wasn't working out for him. So that like that level of frustration of like you get to a point where you just want to do whatever it takes to succeed because life's just been shitting on you like forever. He was, was like, abused oh. too. Also, yeah. he was abused as a child. So yeah, so all of that was very relatable. I was like, okay, like I get it. That's uh, you know, he's not uh, a warmonger like Ares or you know some unstoppable monster like Doomsday. He's a person, you know, like with flaws. And, uh, at the end, you know, I thought, like I said, that that was a pretty good way to to kind of round it out. Is like just show him the error of his ways and then he took it back himself because only he could stop himself at that point. One of the things that I actually really enjoyed about this movie was Kristen Wiig's performance. Like I think even though I think her character was very lazily written, I think she did an amazing job. I think that her range throughout this thing actually impressed me as opposed to I understand what you said about Pedro Pascal and like having to be the over the top character, but his, his character is just too over the top for me that it just, it all just came out as yelling. Like his acting was just like, I'm yelling all the time kind of thing. And <laughs> Gal Gadot just a little too wooden. And, and to, for me and, and Steve Trevor, Chris Pine's performance is just more paychecky than I would have enjoyed. Yeah. Yes, there's chemistry chemistry between the two of them, and that I, that's just I think just natural chemistry between two very good looking people. But like, <laughs> it's just it, it he's just kind of along for the ride for me, and and I just think Kristen Wiig stole the stole the whole movie for me, and that and that's a that's where I, I give the thumbs up to. Quick interjection for that, Mitch. Oh, sorry. Um, <clears throat> Just to brush up on the, these are two people that just naturally have chemistry. I love the memes uh, or yeah. the the gifs of the two of the or of her, kind of like just eyeballing him during interviews. Yeah, Those are during so the press, press uh, yeah. circuit. Yeah, I was like, oh no, like there's that. That's not just for the screen. That's <laughs> that's real. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, there's those times when you bring in. You, the real world information that you know of things and then it, it kind of changes how you think the movie might go I really thought she was going to come out with her cool new short haircut when she was Cheetah <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah I really she does look really good with that haircut yeah no the short haircut's <laughs> awesome <laughs> yeah I hadn't even considered that <laughs> but yeah I'm, I'm happy she didn't though because like I now later on I get to think of that time well no Kristen Wiig didn't have the short hair later well, you guys had mentioned, did everybody not like the final design for Cheetah? I liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, I honestly, having like little knowledge of the character itself, I always thought Cheetah was kind of lame. So coming into it, I was like, oh, when she turns CG, it's going to be dumb. But they do that first close up of her face. I don't know what it is about it. It looks so alien that I was like, this is kind of cool. Like, <laughs> it doesn't look like a Cheetah, like in any capacity other than her fur. But yeah. I think she looks kind of interesting. I just thought it was weird, like, why a cheetah? Like, the thing is, I know Diana wears the cheetah print pumps at the beginning of the movie, and then all of a sudden that just becomes Kristen Wiig's thing, or Barbara's thing, like, eventually ends up being a cheetah, but, like, it just seemed... They use shoes a lot in this movie to, like, visually tell stuff. I don't know. Uh, I just feel like there should have been more things like maybe in her office like oh like I've always enjoyed cheetahs or something I don't know like it just should have been more than just the shoes they were already bumping up against poison ivy things in Uh, in general this this was totally Selena Kyle from Batman Returns it's also Selena Kyle it's also Electro from Amazing Spider-Man 2 it's it's the Riddler it's the Riddler it's tired (laughs) Jeff Johns it's tired yeah (laughs) <laughs> Jess, did you have any more that you wanted to throw in there? Well, you had to save me for last, and you guys said all the things I like. <laughs> I, I guess mean, there were at least a yeah, few, right? I 
Yeah, I guess I could reiterate that, um, you know, the the pilot from the 1910s or whatever it was, seeing the space age was, Mm -hmm. yeah, I know it was already said, but that one was, that one was really cool. That's a great scene, yeah. Yeah, it was a really good scene. So, and just the astronaut and the museum. And I just really want to go to the Smithsonian now. So, So I I guess, I don't know, like a final question kind of thing. Would you? Well, my, my, oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was going to say before you get to that, I just one last thing I wanted to ask is like, do you think that this in any way is detrimental to people that have to get over it losing a lost one or a loved one, losing a loved one? Like, this movie depicts her as seven year, 70 years later, not being able to get over a loved one that died. Oh. And, you know, it, it, if di- if there's you're seeing a person like that's as strong as Wonder Woman can't do it, like how is a average person going to be able to get over it at in any reasonable amount of time in their yeah, lifetime? It yeah, it kind of is, and that I I think goes. It's my big problem with it is like it's been seventy years. Like how are you not like how are you still this naive about the world in general, and then also still hung up on this guy? Because I think I was literally as soon as you found out, oh, she needs to get rid of him. I was like, get rid of him already! Oh my gosh, just get rid of him already! I get it, he's cute. Get rid of him already, like <laughs> please. But like, not only did she, and like the other thing, she's also been through another big loss. She's lost her entire culture. Yeah, you know, she can't see her family, but it's this like this guy is the one thing that she wants back. I I get their nice chemistry, and normally I am a romantic, but I'm like I feel like the thing I would want back is like my entire family, as well. Like I don't know, I just I didn't like the writing for her at all. I didn't think it made sense at all, really, and. Yeah, it's not a great message to think you can still be hung up on a guy for 70 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I just, that's like what I was just wondering. Yeah. Now, Mitch, I have a question for you. Well, anybody else can chime in, I suppose. But does this movie create a massive plot hole with uh, yes. Batman v. Serpentman and Justice League? I mean, yeah. I, I mean, mean it, it does a couple, but are, is there one specific that you're talking about? Yeah, her disappearance, because everything that's been mentioned so far up until this movie is that she's basically gone completely underground uh, up until the events of Batman v Superman. Um, And the only evidence that Lex Luthor had of hers somehow was he had that that picture of Steve Trevor and the 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 DC version of the uh, Howling Commandos or whatever. Um, (laughs) Do they have a name? Yeah, they did, but I don't remember what it is. Okay, yeah, well, they'll just call them that for now. Um, so, like, here, she's very clearly out in the open in public several times during the course of this period, uh, wearing the armor, doing... I mean, like, in that one mall scene, it does show her knocking out the cameras with her tiara after they've already obviously recorded. Like, that's not how cameras work. Like, they still yeah, have video Yeah, that's exactly what I said, film. too. Yeah. I, so, I, I said so, that when that happened. So why is there not... Um, more records of her and why doesn't batman know that she was around in, in this particular time frame in the 80s where she clearly was up to some super heroics i think they so what i'm guessing that. yeah i mean i'm guessing there's a scene that either was written or deleted that she went to the mall security afterwards and took those tapes like that's the only thing that you could do at that point um that's flimsy, i would also though. assume that's that's a reason why they made it 1984 and not 2014 so that there's no there's no cell phone there's no smartphones to record everything there's no cloud there's no none of that like because other otherwise why is this set in 1984 it literally is there there's no there's no big event that happened in 1984 that that you know like in uh x-men first class when you know they do the cuban missile crisis it's important for that movie to be set during that period of time for that very reason this has no nothing like that there's no scene where she stops uh was it hinkley from shooting reagan or something i don't know like you it, know reagan's it, in it <laughs> reagan's yeah, in it yes but i, I think it, it would have been, been any better president. this yeah. this could have been like 77 and i would think it would have been better because the way that mask world lord is dressed and his hairdo looks something more akin to the 70s and can you imagine how awesome it would be if like they go watch star wars 
you know, Steve Trevor would have just been like, whoa, that's incredible. You know, like that. I think that would have been more impactful because, yeah, 84 just seems like an arbitrary place to take it where you just don't have the same level of surveillance and technology. And that's mm-hmm. a really lame reason. It could have been any time then before then. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's mainly just the caricatures that exist in the villains themselves. Like they're very rooted in like superficial ego and like materialism, which is True. like 80s to the max. So yep. I feel like they fit in the 80s because they themselves are a product of what the 80s exists as. So yeah. other than that, uh, I mean, Wonder Woman being there, she doesn't need to be in the 80s. Like, she's really just there. Like, everything else feels like the 80s, and then also Wonder Woman's here for some reason. When, all right, it wasn't Steven. Even like it, it wasn't oh. even like it was like a set piece. Because all the advertising no. would have led me to believe there was going to be this massive thing where there was a bunch of neon stuff everywhere, and Wonder Woman was like in the armor. And that did not happen. So it wasn't like they were trying to do that with the 80s thing either. It's got to just be Maxwell Lord, like Alex said. And the fanny pack. And they didn't even really... Yeah, but fanny packs are coming back around. And greedy people exist now. I have a a cross fanny bag. It's just fancy fancy fanny pack. I have a satchel. (laughs) I have several fanny packs. Okay, Steven, what's what's our final thought question? So do you guys recommend this to anybody? And if you had to give it a, like a star rating on a zero to five, what do you give it? Personal ranking. I would, gi- I would give it a two and I would not recommend it. Uh, uh, I, I guess Jess, yeah? Yeah, pro- two. And I mean, the people I would recommend it to have already watched it and were disappointed. So... <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Uh, for you, John? I'd give it a, a six and a half. Out of five? Out of five? Oh, out of Raving five. reviews from John. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I take that back. I give it a three and a half. Okay. Okay. And I would recommend it to children between the ages of four and 11. Okay. Hmm. Especially with that sex scene like, or implied sex scene, <laughs> they're not gonna get it. It'll it'll be like the Ghostbuster blowjob. Like I didn't understand that till I was like older, and then I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> like, I never understood that when I was younger too, so that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I'd probably give it a three. Uh, I don't know that I'd recommend it, but I wouldn't tell people not to watch it if they wanted to. You know. Okay. Uh, and Steven? I'd recommend catching it on streaming services like you can right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it to anybody unless they just have time to watch a movie or if they want to see a movie that's in like high resolution they haven't seen before and a new TV they're breaking in. Um, so oh, that is that is another question that I want to say. I assumed everybody watched this on streaming and didn't go to the theater. Do you, yeah. And does anyone think they would have had a better time with this movie if they had seen it? On the big no. screen with a no. huge sound system. Okay. No. Unanimous, <laughs> unanimous, unanimous no. <laughs> I would have noticed the lack of awesome solo. Yeah. Uh, I f- more. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I would have been more critical on it actually going into theater to see it. Because you would have felt like you spent actual money on it as opposed yeah. to the, yeah. the price of the streaming service. Okay. Yeah. yeah and I'm just is. more likely to critique when I go to a movie in general. Not really just. It doesn't matter if I pay for it. If I pay for it at my house, I won't critique it as harshly as I do if I go out to a movie, seeing it on a big screen. Like, if you can't impress me on a big screen, like, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't recommend anybody get HBO Max just to watch this movie. No. Yeah. But if you have it and you have a couple hours to kill, you go ahead and watch it. Yeah. Two and a half to be exact. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's you know, it felt like it. You know, actually, yeah, I give it that many stars because of the length. <laughs> See, that, that, that's about it for me. All right. Well, there you go. There is our Real discussion. Quick, oh, for the scores. Do you guys have a <laughs> ranking for the rest of the DC? Like, where would you put it in relation to the other DC movies? Oh, it's, I think I it's like... in the same spot. I don't like those movies, man. Like, what I mean, I like Shazam too. Ah, uh, Shazam gets a four. Yeah. Yeah, sh- yeah, Shazam's up there. Oh no, no! I, I thought I, you like B- birds of birds of birds prey. Of prey. Is a five. Yeah. Birds of prey is a fucking five. Okay. That's not a five. Come That's on, a five. That, yeah, was a, I, that was I'm a with that was a fantastic movie. I'm with Mitch. I don't I think it's a five. <laughs> oh, I have to watch it's good, it now. But it's, I don't think it's a five. I, I would put this movie above Birds of Prey for sure. 
Wow. Wow. Damn. Hot take. <laughs> John with the hot take. I love it. Uh, I mean, yeah, this is this is down there for me. It's it's the Suicide Squad. It's uh, Justice League. It's Batman v Superman. Like Man of Steel is above it. Wonder Woman is above it. Yeah. And I didn't even like Wonder Woman all that much. So there's that. Yeah, Wonder Woman's still my number one. I think. I just, okay. I don't know, I really connected with that one, which is probably why I didn't like this one too, because yeah. it wasn't anywhere near it. But uh, yeah, I agree. I think Justice League's the worst. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty bad, but I don't know. Suicide Squad's pretty bad too. Yeah. No, it's down Batman's for sure. Superman's pretty bad. <laughs> Looking forward to that super long edition in January, guys. Uh, I think it's March. Oh, okay. We, Even should, worse. we should podcast about that one. We should just do a watch along and that's it. Like, I like that idea. I like okay. that idea. You know, after watching a bunch of reaction videos on YouTube for The Mandalorian, I feel like we're doing it to service, not watching this as some sort of a collective. Because I feel like there's certain things, um, like I know when, when certain reveals in that series happen, that, you know, most everybody else on the in the group would have just been like, huh, what's going on here or what's that all about? But there's two people in this group that would have probably been losing their shit, yeah. and like we miss out on these the, these moments. Yeah, but like if you do a watch along on the first watch, no one really yeah. talks to each other. Like, yeah, we would we would be we would all try to be quiet. So, like, yeah. I don't know if you would have that moment or not, John. Well, I mean, that probably warrant multiple viewings, but that's just a theory that I have. <laughs> No, I, I, I do agree, though. I think my, my experience for Endgame was weaker for ha- not having like watched it with friends. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, It's one of my favorite theater-going experiences I've ever had. So, yeah, oh, yeah. that tracks. Uh, okay, so if you had a differing opinion on Wonder Woman 1984 or a similar opinion, we'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. Jessica, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter as at JMBaileyWrites. Alex? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Alex L. Lusardi. Uh, that's my full name, not Malfoy, surprisingly. I didn't get that handle. Um, and then on <laughs> Saturdays, I also play D&D on my buddy Ian's Twitch channel over on twitch.tv slash Ian Flux. Awesome. John? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Magic Bollocks. You can hashtag me uh, above average. <laughs> <laughs> and Steven? Uh, you can find me across all social media as Peppermint Gentleman or on Twitter as Peppermint Gent. It's just short for that. But if you really want to find things from me, you should go over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash media. <laughs> over there, you can help support things and get some behind the scenes content. That's right. And uh, for the rest of Geekly Media, it's at Geekly Media on Twitter, at Geekly Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geekly Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network on our website, geeklymedia.com. Please, if you're listening to this as a podcast, rate and review us on whatever podcatcher you use to help spread the word of our network. But until next time, this is Overtime on the Geekly Media Network saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. Damn. Damn. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I was like, persi- I always get it wrong. And then I just froze. And I was like, oh, no, they already said it. <laughs> we, we, we should just stop doing that for digital podcasting. <laughs> I think it still works. This concludes our broadcast. <laughs>